I want you to raise your hand if you've ever had a hard time trusting God. Pretty much every hand in here. And it, it's hard to trust God a lot of times. It's very hard to trust God when, when tragedy strikes, right? When, when, when we've lost a loved one, uh, when we've lost a job, when uh, the economy is going astray, when, when there's war in the world and all this uncertainty. It's hard to trust God in those times. And I think everybody, uh, maybe I'm speaking too far out of turn here, but I think everybody would probably at least verbally assent that trusting God with your whole life is probably the best policy, right? We talk about that often. Trusting God, just trust God, it'll, it'll get better. Um, it's why we come to church. It's, it's why we believe, because we think that there's something more. We think there's something more in this life. Yet, none of us really, truly, fully trust God, and myself included. It's hard. It's hard to do. And I think one of the reasons is what Pete touched on in that, is that trust is a who word. It's not a what word. It's not a that word. It's a who word. And the who, in this instance, if you're a Christ follower, the who is Jesus. The who is Jesus. Now, that might sound obvious, right? Obviously, we're trying to uh, trust in Jesus. I think everyone here is probably for Jesus. OG is pro-Jesus. I'm pro-Jesus. But it's hard to trust Jesus. And it's not so much because we distrust him or we think he's got it out for us or, you know, we think he's a liar or anything like that. But because the things he says, if you, re if you read the Bible and you read the red letters, anybody have a red letter Bible still? You read the red letters. The things that Jesus says are, sound so radical and they're so foreign to us in our time and place, in our daily lives. The, the things he says are so foreign to the way we were brought up. Most of us were, we grew up with kind of this instilled normalcy about what life is, right? There was a rhythm to your life. There was a rhythm to how the family got together. There was a rhythm to what you did. It was culturally accepted. And for, for most people, it looked like this. Get good grades. You make the team. You graduate. You go to college. You get a job. You get married. You have two and a half kids, if you can figure out the physics of that one. Um, and you attend church and you start saving for retirement. That's the template, right? That's the American dream. That's what we grew up with. That was the way that we found normalcy and rhythm in life. And it, it's comfortable. That accepted trajectory is very comfortable, right? You can, you can sit in that and you can kind of know what the future is going to hold to some degree. You know, you kind of know what the path is. You know where you're going. And then Jesus comes in like this dreamy-eyed idealist, and says things like, you know, today we would hear it like, follow your heart, you know, get a performing arts degree. You know, nope, nobody wants a performing arts degree. Everybody wants their kids to become a doctor or a lawyer, right? Something that pays well, something that there's a career path, something that sets them up financially independence. But Jesus says, ah, the heck with it, get a performing arts degree. And that's, that's not part of the template. It's not part of the plan. You know, follow your heart. Who, who even knows if you need college? Just follow your heart. God's inside of you. And and so this stuff begins to pull at our comfortability. 
And so it becomes very difficult to trust Jesus fully because he's just sometimes so out there. There's a scripture in Matthew 14, and I, I think they have it in the back, and they'll put it up for you. But this is a story about, um, about the disciples are out in the, in the Sea of Galilee, and they're, they're kind of sailing across it. And it's the middle of the night, and then Jesus comes uh, walking across. Will you put it up there if you have it? Jesus comes walking across the lake. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. They were out in the boat already, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him, Walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Uh, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And so Peter then steps up and he says, Lord, if it's you, have me come out to you. Tell me to walk out to you. Okay? And so uh, Jesus says, come. Come. And Peter gets out of the boat and he walks. He walks on the water. But when, it says, when he saw the wind and the waves, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him up. He says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? So this is a story many of you have probably heard at some point. It's, very, it's a very simple story. Jesus is walking on water, which is what you do in the night, right? And... <laughs> The disciples see him, and it's already, it's already out of context, right? It's already outside of the script. So Jesus is already crazy. And they think it's a ghost. This is not normal behavior. This can't be Jesus. And he says, it's I. And so Peter tests it. Well, if it's you, have me come out to you. And sure, come. And so he gets out, and he's walking, right? He's, he's, I don't know how you'd walk on the water. I don't know if you're more like a tippy toe or, you know, but he's walking out to Jesus. And then it says, he starts to like look around him and the wind and the waves and all these kinds of, and he sinks. He begins to sink. And in the story, Jesus asks why Peter doubted. Why did you doubt? But what was, it, what was it that Peter doubted in this story? It wasn't Jesus so much. It was that he looked around. He saw life circumstances. Right? He saw wind, and he saw waves, and then he realized, I'm not on the plan anymore. I'm off script, and this is a little bit, this is a little bit wavy. Right? It's a little bit rocky out here. And so the life experience, what was going on around him, impacted him. It impacted his faith, and it began to sink. And so Jesus is saying, why did you, why did you doubt? Why didn't you trust me? You trusted me when you started. You got out, and you started walking. We don't know how far he walked, but... You know, he had a good thing going there for a few minutes. But why did you doubt? But it's those circumstances of life, right? It's getting off script that cause us to doubt, that cause us to fear, that cause us to have anxiety about life. And so whatever those things are, I talked about some of them earlier, the loss of a loved one can cause us to feel off script, right? The loss of a job, those things kind of make the, the ground below us unsteady. And these, these types of things are the waves and the winds of our lives. And even in those moments, this is, this, is what I, this is what I liked about the passage, even in that moment, Peter had the faith and then he began to doubt and sink. But even in that moment, he had the presence of mind to say, Jesus, save me, right? Lord, save me. There was still trust there. He still cried out. He still reached out and Jesus saved him. I think everybody's been to that place in your life. I've been to that place in my life where 
just whatever's going on around me, all that's going on in my life and the world around, and it just makes you feel off script, imbalanced. And when those things happen, when you lose that loved one, when those things happen, who is the first person you reach out to? Who's that first person that you reach out to? It's probably somebody you trust, right? Someone you, call, you pick up the phone or, or you shoot a text or you drive to someone's house. It's someone you trust. It's a loved one, a family member, whoever that is. Someone that you know has your best interest in mind, right? Someone that you know is for you, is going to walk the road with you. Uh, potentially somebody that's even been there before, right? That's who we reach out to in those moments of our wind and our waves. The people that we trust. And so this is where I think it becomes a problem, um, where faith becomes a problem, because faith is a loaded word. It gets tossed around very often, right? Um, and so it becomes a little bit unhelpful. It becomes kind of like a platitude that you offer to people uh, in times of loss. It becomes this cliche. And so, so you'll hear people say, well, you just have to have faith, you know, or keep the faith, keep the faith. Um, another one of my favorite ones is, you know, faith can move mountains, right? But what does any of that really mean, especially, especially when you're, you're in that throw of life where you're struggling? What does any of that really mean? And so Pete Enns, who, who was just speaking there, I told you he, he wrote a couple books. He wrote one called The Sin of Certainty. And in the beginning of that book, he said, we need to throw away the word faith. We need to replace it with the word trust. Just throw it out. Anytime you read the scriptures, just every time you see the word faith, just put the word trust in there. And it changes. It changes how you interact with it. It changes how you see it because that's the meat of faith is the trust. And you can't have faith without trust. And trust, as I was talking about a minute ago, is a who word. It's a who word. And the who is Jesus. John 14, 1 Jesus is talking. He says, trust God and trust in me. It's a who word. It's a, it's a person that you are trusting in. The who factor makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. And so uh, we, we can begin to do all these kinds of things with the word faith, and we, we can extrapolate it, and it sounds very uh, theological and very intelligent. And we, we do things, and, and we create these structures. And what it ends up being is people think that, you know, they have to uh, do some certain thing to have faith. Like, they have to believe that the whole Bible is true. Like, that's the goal of faith, is just believing that the whole Bible is true. But that's not the goal of faith. The goal is trusting in the person that the Bible talks about. The Bible is telling a story, and that story is about a person, and that person is Jesus. And so the goal of faith is to get to the point where you trust Jesus. Trust him enough to live and do the things that he says are good for us, even though they seem a little bit challenging. If you're like me, you, you're realizing, and I'm realizing over the past few years, that faith is a journey. It's a journey that we're all on. No matter where we're at on the journey, we're all on this journey of faith. And uh, and life doesn't suddenly change after you start attending church. And life doesn't suddenly change after you've been baptized or uh, after you've prayed a prayer or confessed or repented or whatever, whatever theological thing you've done. Life didn't just change 
You know, I hear that from people all the time. When I teach the baptism class, one of the things I say is, don't be disappointed when you come out of the water and you're the same. You're going to be the same in a lot of ways. You'll, be, you'll, you'll start to be different. You'll start to be different. But that, I, that throws people so often. I've heard people say, well, when I got baptized, I, I just didn't feel it. I just didn't feel it. And it can be a letdown to people. You know, where's the magic fairy dust, right? Where's, at the very least, where's the five-hour energy, right? Just something like a boost, something. But, but we don't get it. We don't get it because it's not, it's not the thing. You don't walk through the door and you're there. It's the start of the journey. It's like traveling, to go anywhere, literally to go anywhere, any place, you have to go from A to B and you have to go through every point in between, right? If I want to go to this side of the stage, I have to physically walk there. I have to do the thing. If I want to go to that side of the stage, I have to laboriously walk over there. There's a lot of exercise up here, by the way. You have to walk. You have to do it. You want to go across the country, you have to drive, or you have to fly. Or like Shane, you have to walk. You have to do the thing. You don't just end up over there. We haven't figured out teleportation yet. And I am all in on teleportation. Gary, I know you're a physicist. If you can figure it out, man, my life savings to you. But we haven't figured out teleportation yet. You have to walk. You have to cross the distance. And it's the same way with faith. There's no teleporting through the journey. You don't get baptized and come out and you're great. You don't go to church for 40 years and then wake up. You don't, whatever it is, you have to actually go through the journey of it. You have to get there. In, in the book of Genesis, um, Abraham is told to leave your country, leave your family, leave your people, and go to a place that I will show you. Go to a place that I will show you. And Abraham went. He didn't even know, he didn't even know where the destination was. It was just go to a place that I will show you. And so he gets a big score in the Bible. He gets a big, big score for faith, Abraham, because he just went. I'm going to bring this, this guy out here real quick. All right, so the journey of faith, this is how most people see it. If you cannot read my handwriting, I can't either. So this is how people see faith, the faith journey. And you're, you're somewhere on this line, right? Like today, like today I read my Bible, so I'm like a little bit further on the faith journey, right? Or like, or like today, we're all here at church, so y'all get a tick mark this way. So that's good. We have stars actually on the way out as you go. You can get one of those. So whether you read your Bible, you go to church, or you pray, or, or whatever the things we, we think push us towards God, right? That's how we think of it. Like we didn't kick the dog today, so we're further on the faith journey than we were yesterday. It becomes all this religious criteria, right, of how we grow in our faith. The faith journey is predicated on religious criteria. But the journey is much bigger than that. And so Pete ends quoted Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. And Jesus talks about this later. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What, what, what Pete said is that that word heart is it's big. It's, it's encompassing everything. It's all aspects of our life. Okay? So that means just instead of where you just are on this, 
arbitrary religious criteria sliding scale, this is what faith looks like. And we have things like finances, relationships, uh, we could put down here occupation. Put a hundred things on here, right? All the aspects of your life, everything that your life encompasses. You can put it out, you can break it down. Children, self-control, resources, whatever it is. This is what faith looks more like. And so it's not just, did I read the Bible today? Did I go to church today? Oh, I didn't. I'm back this way. You know, these kinds of things. It's where am I trusting God with my finances? Or am I trusting myself? This kind of follows. Am I trusting God, with, am I trusting God in my relationships? Or am I trusting myself in my relationships? Am I not giving myself to other people? Am I trusting God with my job, with what I do with my career? Or am I trusting myself to figure that kind of thing out? So a hundred of these things. And that's what Pete's saying in this scripture. It's more than just the religious content of did I go to church, did I give in the offering, did I pray, did I read my Bible, did I do these things. It's all of our life. Faith is all of our life. It's every aspect of our life. And so it can't, be, it can't just be boiled down to this. It's got to be bigger than that. And by the way, I'm not talking from the mountaintop here. I wish the stage was a lot lower right now because on a lot of these scales, I probably tend way, way, way more towards self. Um, if, you, if you know me, you may or may not believe this about me, but I've struggled my whole life with self-confidence, with self-worth. And that has always been a struggle in my faith walk, okay? Because I've, when I feel like God is leading me to do something, to step out, I tend to retract and kind of go the other way. That's how I've always been. And, and this manifests in a lot of different ways, but... Uh, one of the ways it manifests is I always feel like I have to be the smartest guy in the room or the funniest guy in the room. So if you know me, uh, I, I'm, I'm loud and I'm always interrupting, right? And I'm really annoying. In fact, we saw, um, we found all these VHS tapes from when I was growing up. All these VHS tapes from when I was like, I was like four and it's my brother's birthday party. My brother's three years older than me. It's his birthday party. All of his friends are there. He's got a cake. He's got the presents. And I'm the Tasmanian devil that's going around the table. And I blew out his candles. I blew out the candles on his cake before he could get to it. I'm opening his presents. I'm opening all of his presents. And he's very calm about it. And he's just, you know, he's kind of just pushing me off. But, but that's, that's how I've been my whole life. And that manifests now. Like I, I got to be in the center of attention to make up for whatever shortcomings I perceive I have. So I trust myself more than I trust God's calling for me. And now, this isn't a pity party because I, I've also been successful in a lot of aspects of faith. In fact, taking this job, being here at Orchard Grove, um, was one of those. I had a, I had a great job uh, in a steel mill for many years. And it was one of those jobs that paid well, good benefits, you know, retirement, all that. I had days off. Um, it was the kind of job that people hired into and they retired out of. Like, that was it. And a lot of the guys I worked with were getting towards that retirement stage. They'd been there their whole life. And I got in at 25, you know, so I had, the life was mapped out for me. Um, but at some point, I decided to go back to school. And when I was in school, I took an intro to Hebrew scriptures class, 
right, which everybody here just got really excited about. Intro to Hebrew scriptures, right? And I got excited about it. And, uh, and I, told, I told Jenna, I said, this is it. Like, I, I, I know I'm almost done, but I need to tack on a theology minor. Like, I have to do it. Like, I, I feel like this is what I want to do. And so I did. I did a theology minor, and then I went and I got a master's in, in theology. And doing that whole thing, I thought, I want to teach. Like, I want to I love teaching. I love studying. And I've written articles and done these things because I just love to get, like, a little bit deeper. And that's probably part of my you know, my self-confidence issues. Um, but I loved it. I loved it so much. And I never, ever in my life wanted to be a pastor. Never. I wanted to teach. I wanted to give you a grade, not counsel, right? I want to say, well, you, you just a C. That, that kind of faith, that's a C. Um, so I never wanted to do this. But, but I just, we felt God pulling and creating these opportunities. And finally, I quit my job at the steel mill because I couldn't finish my master's working 60 hours a week. And, and, and Jenna was with me this whole time, and it was a struggle of our faith. It was a struggle to let go of those kinds of things. And I took two part-time jobs, uh, one as an office manager and then one as a college pastor, of all things, right? Because it, the opportunity was there. And I did that for a few years, and then, and then I got a call from, uh, from Pastor Chris they were looking for a small group, an adult education. And so I'm thinking, great, I can go do adult education, right? I can just teach and, and all this stuff. But, but it didn't happen that way. And now I ended up a pastor, and I love it. And that was a time when I got out of my own way just enough, just enough to that end of the scale that God could really do something. And God's done amazing things. Um, since that in, in my life, and hopefully it's touched your life in, in some ways, uh, hopefully more positive ways. Um, but that's what happens, and that's this trust fall idea. Faith is a trust fall. And when you do a trust fall, it's not just your arms or your legs or your head or whatever that falls, right? It's everything. If, if you leave things behind when you do a trust fall, you have bigger problems. You need to call a physician immediately. It's your whole body that falls. Everything, every part of you. That is faith. Faith is trust. And our trust is in Jesus. The trust is that when you let go, he will catch you. So I've asked, um, I've asked a couple guys to come out here and help me. Give a, give a big hand for my team, please. When you trust fully something outside of your control. And if you can see this group, this is outside of my control. <laughs> this is as motley a crew as they get. Uh, but when you trust something that's outside of your control, amazing things can happen. It, it usually doesn't work out the way like you drew it up in your head, like the way you had it planned out. It doesn't always hold to uh, the template, you know, of good grades and school and it, it doesn't, sometimes it falls outside of that. But very often, it's something very, very good. So we're going to see if it's something very, very good this morning. So guys, would you uh, assume the position, as they say? All right, so this is, uh, before, I, before I do this, which I, I'm just going to stall here a little bit for time. Before I do this, this is what, and this is what P. Dens was saying, this is what faith to most people is like, believing, right, believing. So this is what most people will, would do. I believe that these four gentlemen who ate their Wheaties this morning can and will catch me. 
Ta-da. Huh? Thank you. Thank you. That's what faith is like for most people. I believe they'll do it. No, they're good. You guys are good. We don't have to go through it. No, you're good. No, no. That's what faith is for most people, right? We don't have to. No, I just, it'll happen. It'll be fine. But what, what Pete Enns is saying and what Jesus is calling us to is a little more than that. All right. I ate a light breakfast. So what Pete Enns is saying, what Jesus is telling us, is that faith is more than just saying, I believe that if I fall backwards, they're going to catch me. Right? That's belief, and that's great. But trusting God is a little bit more than that. Trusting God is when you actually fall. Did you think I was going to go that time? You actually fall, okay? So let's see if this works. You guys ready? Okay. That's what faith is. Faith is the letting go when you actually fall. You can believe it all you want to, but when it happens in life, it's will you let go? Will you fall? Will you let Jesus catch you? Will you let Jesus direct you? Which side of this will you end up on? That's what our faith is. That's what it's supposed to be made out of.